the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday. That means it is the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, anything and everything that's on your heart. All you have to do is to provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Here's the most important part of the show today. Paula, welcome to the show. Ah, thanks. Thanks Uh, for hanging out with me. You're very, very welcome. And it was my pleasure. It is my pleasure, to tell you the truth. I love Thursdays. Wednesday after service. Well, actually, Wednesday, right about the end of service, I'm thinking, any minute now, we're going to go home. And that really starts date day. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks. I love hanging out with you. For the most part. (laughs) (laughs) Today, when we came out of the restaurant, I was standing out there in the sun. Now, for you in the listening radio audience right now at home, you could go, what? So here's what happened. I'm standing out there because in the restaurant it was really, really cold. And so I come out, and I'm standing there waiting for Pastor Ron to come out. And so he says, oh, you're kind of like a walrus on a rock heating up. I was like. I didn't say sun. I said sunning yourself in the sun. Where did the word walrus come in? Tell, go ahead. Well, I know I did say that, but okay. I said you. Oh, Paul, you're like a walrus sending yourself mm-mm, on the rock. Mm-mm. And what did you say? I said, maybe like a small seal or something <laughs> would have been way better. <laughs> See, I think walruses are really cool looking, but I didn't mean it that way at all. So then I suggested maybe an otter. Maybe an otter. They're cute and small, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so every all the ladies at home are going, oh, no, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what I said, y'all. But she knows I didn't mean it that way. we got to tell her how cute she is and how sexy she is and all that stuff all the time. Until right then. <laughs> <laughs> so that wiped out every, wiped it all every out. good thing I've yeah, ever said. That's right. Uh, but I just thought that was kind of funny. So anyway, I'm glad to be here with you. And, and you know, we just keep things Exciting. Okay. Yeah. I'm making a note. Don't use Don't, the word walrus. No walrus okay. references or hippos or elephants or any of those. No, hippos are my favorite animal. I know, but, you know, you keep that too, you know. Don't put me in the same sentence with hippo because, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive. <laughs> I didn't say hippie. I said hippo. <laughs> Even a hippie, hippie would be better than a hippo. 
because that's just one one area, not the whole thing. Anyway, let's move on. I'm so sorry, but I just thought they need to know. Are we a little sensitive to them? <laughs> I'm a lot sensitive to them, didn't they? Well, next week, you know, everybody's ramping up around here for Calvary Kids Vacation Bible School. And I'm on the dance team. I'm on the dance team this year. I'm going to try to give it one more shot. Come on, Grandma. And in a lot of cases, come on, Great Grandma. Um, so it starts this Monday, nine, six, nine, yeah, 9 to noon, K through 6th grade, and it's free. Uh, but the kids are going to have a lot, a lot of fun. So anyway. K, K through 6th grade. K through 6th grade. Anybody in the listening audience is yeah. welcome to bring their kids, and they'll have a great time. Mm-hmm. They'll hear about Jesus, and uh, they'll be around a bunch of other kids. It'll really be fun. 9 to noon. 9 to noon, yes. Every day. Yeah. And so if you don't come on Monday, no worries. You can still bring the kids on Tuesday. If you don't come on Monday or Tuesday, you can still bring them on Wednesday. We just want to have your kids here to be um, you know, exposed to Jesus. And a lot of Jesus kids already, especially if you're a, a grandma and you're, you're babysitting or anybody who's babysitting the kids, you got a good opportunity this week, too. We just had a little, a beautiful little baby in the office with us yeah. before we went on the air. Yeah. Just precious. She is about as cute as can be. Oh, and pink. Just cute, cute, cute. So, okay, what else do I want to talk about? Okay, Sweet Summer Devotion. We just had... Boomy Parker Ogamola, and I want to encourage all parents, grandparents too, because, um, you know, our theme this year is the God who sees me, and she was talking about, and she's from Nigeria, so in Nigeria, um, she was raised by her grandma, for the most part, because mom and dad both worked. They were good parents, but they just both worked, and so grandma had, had the kids, and Grandma took her grandkids to church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. On Saturday, the kids were, she she said this, they were rescued by their dad. <laughs> so I guess they had a little more fun with, with dad not being in church. So she said Sunday was fun because there was a lot of kids, but Monday through Friday was kind of boring for they were in adult church. And you always say that. Don't, don't torture your kids. <laughs> take them to, take them to, you know, the kids' uh, teaching of their own age. But anyway, so um, just the, you really need to listen to her, her devotion. It was really good. Um, but she said after a while they moved, so no more church, and then except on Sunday, then they moved again, and no more church at all. But then they went to a new school, and at the new school. They sang hymns and prayed every morning at chapel. So she couldn't get away, you know, from from the Lord chasing her. It's the God who sees me. And she started out saying, at what point did he show up in her life? Um, she, w- she used to be a very angry and sad young woman. And um, she began to isolate herself, and she got darker and darker. And her mom, she said... Uh, Nigerians, when they pray, they pray passionately. It, we're, we're running and jumping and sweating, basically. You know, we, we pray passionately. Her mom, because she was, I'm sure, fearful of, of what Wumi was going through, um, the ups and downs, you know, the anger and the sadness and all that stuff. Um, she would take her to prayer meeting after prayer meeting, and people would just pray over her. And she was like, oh, here we go again, here we go again, kind of a thing. Except for one day. She went, and people were praying, and the, the reverend or pastor, whatever, priest, got up and just said, looked at her and said, it's done. It's done. You're, you're going to be okay. And she referenced Psalm 10.1, which says, Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? She had let fear of whatever just overtake her. And, you know, I don't know, maybe she's like me a little bit. When I'm afraid, I hate that. I hate being afraid, and so I get mad, you know. <laughs> just Gosh, uh, after, after 53 years, years with you, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you all the time, I don't want to be afraid, but it makes me so mad I'm afraid. You know, you feel like, you know, what kind of a Christian am I? Um, but 
fear is a reality. And we need the Lord, and she, she didn't have him. Anyway, that encounter led her into a, a series of different choices. And by now, the depression and anger was almost gone. And I don't want to say the whole thing, but that Grandma took her to church all the time. Throughout her life, the scriptures would come back. The scriptures would, would come back. And now her testimony is, I know Jesus. There was one time that she was at a, <clears throat> at a church, and she joined a discipleship class. And somebody asked her, are you born again? And she said, I don't know if she said it out loud or in her head, how dare you ask me that question? I'm a good person. I know the rules. <laughs> she could have just said no. Yeah, she could have. <laughs> but you know, you know how those questions won't let you sleep? Yeah. You know, am I? Am I born again? What, what's born again? You know, kind of a thing. But and she she said she says, I know the rules, I'm a rule follower, I do I do good stuff. And then she realized, Really? I'm not all that. I'm I'm really not all that. And she she said to out loud, I guess, to herself or to the Lord, Don't let me get lost. Don't let me get lost. Yeah. You know, Paula, I say all the time to our church that we're all born with an instinctive knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. It's 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 born in us from the moment we we have life. Mm-hmm. And and then we go through difficult things or we encounter ugly people. We you know, we, we sort of unlearn the that that which we always knew from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love the theme this year of the sweet summer devotion to God who sees me, because he pops back in and out of our lives just to remind us, hey, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. here. That's right. And then there's always going to be that Waterloo moment, you know, where you come to the place and and say, "Um, um, I've got to make a decision now about about this God that I once knew Mm -hmm. that I've tried to push out of my mind, Mm -hmm. but but I know it's real. Yeah, he's real. And that's exactly what she said. Um, If you know his character, his name, the reality of him, he's relatable so that when things happen, she says, I don't really um, get to that place of darkness anymore. She didn't realize this, but she hums the hymns that at Grandma's church and at the new school that she learned. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- other people were telling her, I like, I like what you're singing there. I like what you're... And she was like, what are you talking about? They're she like, wasn't even aware of it. She wasn't even aware of it. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, all... All that to say, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, brothers and sisters, the kids need to be at, at church. They need to be hearing the word of God, either from you or somebody, anyway. Sing the songs. You know, my whether, whether they want to go or not has right. no bearing at all. Yeah. That they need to be there. Yeah. You know, what you, what you said when you were talking earlier about Vacation Bible School starting here next week. Mm-hmm. Um, vacation Bible School is basically how how God deposited himself in you so yeah. that you're aware of it. Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me yeah. so. Yeah. And that you could never get away from that. Mm-mm. And when he would pop back into your life, that was the, the thing that, that you remembered. Yeah. When when life would get really difficult and I felt all alone, uh, unloved, you know, because people abandoned and stuff like that, and I would hear this song, Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells Did you hear so. that when I said the walrus thing today? Uh, no. <laughs> I wish I, no, I didn't, but I wish, no, yeah, no, I didn't hear that. But Jesus loves me this, I know. And I, I got to that point of when I was so afraid and I was mad because I was afraid, um, I was, I, I just cried out, where is the love, Jesus? You know, where is this love that you're ta- talking about, these kids are singing about? You know, they're happy. They got two parents at home, and they love them, and, you know, all that stuff. I'm just wah, wah, wah. And Jesus said, I love you. Always have. Always will. Time and time again throughout my life. But I can't see you. I can't touch you. But you know I'm real. Because you're talking to me, and I'm talking back. So, yeah. So, train up your child in the way they should go. And when they are old, maybe they won't fall away. 
So if you want to listen to Bumi's Sweet Summer Devotion, calvarysa.com, go to Recent Studies, and she will be uh, the second most recent now because I did a study last night. Mm-hmm. But uh, you'll see uh, Sweet Summer Devotions on there and um, enjoy. Yeah, it was, it was good. I've had several ladies say, she was so calm, you know. She just talked so elegantly, and I want to be like that. And I was like, we're all different. <laughs> you know, sometimes when people look calm, we're like ducks, you know. On the surface, we're like calm and just kind of gliding with it. But if you look under the water, the duck's feet, they're going 300 miles an hour trying to just keep up. So don't try to be like anybody else. Just let the Lord make you who he wants you to be. It's really kind of cool. So, Paula, who's, who's the next week's summer devotion? Jenny Manuel. have no idea what she's going to say. That well, girl, you never do. No, I never do. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get to hang around with her as much. Um, she has, uh, they are in a class. They have um, a, a ministry that she and her husband um, are involved in. And so I'm going to find out more about her. And that's the whole point of Sweet Summer Devotions. Uh, this has been such a good ministry. Um, the Lord is so smart to have called this into being because a lot of the church does don't really know a lot of them. They know people by face and high and by that kind of stuff. But to really know them, to uh, see where they were, how far down the Lord had to reach to bring them up and how he has fashioned and formed their lives into what they get to share now. And then people will say, I would have never known that was what's going on in your life. I would have never, I've seen you around here before. I would have never, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's, it's been a really good ministry. And the, the number of ladies, excuse me, the number of ladies, number of ladies, that's right, um, increases because it's summertime. And um, the husbands can come, Pastor Ken or Pastor Dr. Peter Paley would, will be teaching. Um, the youth and the high school are here. They have their own Bible study going. Um, there's child care available, so everybody can come. But the numbers of ladies, oh my goodness. And then the question and answer time afterwards is still the best. You know, the testimonies are great, but then the questions that, you know, are evoked from the the teaching. Uh, so how did you meet your husband? And or how is your mom in your relationship now or what about your own kids are you doing what your grandma or your mom did for you um how is that going those kind of things <laughs> Boomy and Cheney's kids are in church all the time Saturday morning prayer and yeah, yeah so so yeah that's it and they serve in the yeah. children's ministry I yeah. mean they they haven't even been here maybe a year a little over a year yeah. I think, yeah and they are involved they come to prayer and yeah it's just it's it's wonderful to see they come to Bumi and the two girls sometimes come to the house for well, one of the daughters comes for the, the prayer breakfast, but they're here. Yeah, it's amazing to see. So thank you. Okay, thank you guys for praying for me because I uh, was in Houston this weekend. And, you know, when, when they ask me to go and speak, I, I kind of get nervous sometimes because, you know, I just finished saying, don't try to be like somebody else. <laughs> I'm such a hypocrite. Um, and so they asked but me. But you're a pretty hypocrite. I'm a pretty You're trying to make up right now. Little, I'm going to still a, feed you tonight. And a little one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, babe. That's good. I'm going to give you 50 cents. Um, but I get a little nervous, and you know, because I, I think they expected me to be like you, you know. The answer man, you know. Yeah, I was like, no, mm-mm. no, not like that. But it was a lot of fun. The The scary part was a week before I had to go, I get a call, you know. Uh, hello, hello. I need you to do, and she didn't even ask me. I need you to do <laughs> another, a, a workshop on top of your, your own teaching. I was like, what? Excuse me, pardon me? You talk, Who are you talking to? So... She said, yeah, Mercedes is injured. She can't come, so we're all picking up the slack. I was like, okay, what's my topic? 
So I'm going to be talking to the assistant pastor's wives, of which I've never been one. And so immediately my flesh goes, I don't know what to do. You know, just starting to freak out. And I can hear the Holy Spirit say, I got this. Remember. I I think you heard me say that, too. You always say that. (laughs) You always say that, Paula, you're okay. So I, I, I check with Mercedes, making sure she's, you know, what's going on? You know, how can we pray? What can we do? And you, th- you think you're going to be well enough to make it? <laughs> <laughs> Truth be told. And she said, no. So I said, I said, what would you say? She goes, you already know. It's, it's what your girls do. You know, they're there by your side. They've caught the vision. They're prayer warriors. They're, they are tell the truth in love, you know? Um, and so I was like, oh, yeah. So I've been a, I'm, a, I'm the pastor's wife of a great group. Um, and so I just shared what I um, really want for our ladies. And the first thing was to remember the privilege of being called to be the pastor's wife. And first and foremost, he's our, he's our, first ministry um, because husbands and wives in the church and other well, everybody is watching our relationship Paula what, before you go on what was the the like the age group do you think what, what was the say the young assistant pastor's wife there and and I'm curious how she would receive that um, that kind of, um, of direction you know yeah. he's your first ministry mm-hmm. um, some are in their 20s and let me see. Some are. One lady was eighty-one. Um, I don't know if she's a pastor, but she's an assistant. Um, yeah, so early twenties to, and so in not in my class, the eighty-one, but in the in my assistant pastors' uh, wives. Um, yeah, early twenties, and some. Uh, one came up to me and said, uh, "You know, I knew he was." smart, he loved Jesus, but it seemed like he was made a pastor real quick. And so she she wasn't really ready for that. So I said, yeah, but when he was called, you were called, and it's going to be okay. But how, just like me, I wanted a class. You know, you had pastors, I mean, um, Bible college. You know, you were getting prepared for that. I didn't know what a pastor's wife was supposed to be or do, and so I was wanting a class as well. And she said, this came so suddenly, and she's, you know, kind of in charge of a ministry, and she doesn't know what to do. You know, she's got, I, I have some kind of authority, but she didn't know how to wield the authority. She thought she had to be like, do this or else kind of a person. I was like, no, 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 no. You just remember to stay humble, um, and the Lord doesn't really need us, but let's be thankful that he wants to use us. And we got to know his character. He's not mean and harsh. You know, he's like, I, I, I'm i a servant. You know, sort of, sort of off the subject, Paula, but one of the things that, that I've seen churches do wrong uh, in the past is that, that when a pastor or, or assistant pastor's wife comes in, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're, an, you're a pastor's wife now, so you have all these things that you've got to do as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that just can't be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 you serve within your giftedness. Yeah. And anything more is putting way too much pressure mm-hmm. on you and, and trying to put people in a position that they're not ready for is difficult. So True. just you be your 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 husband's wife, mm-hmm. you be his support and ministry, mm-hmm. and then let the Lord work out between the two of you, the three of you, the Holy Spirit, you and your husband, mm-hmm. um, what direction that that ministry is going to going to look like. We're inside of two minutes already, Paula. So once you finish off, a lot, huh? finish off this half, and then we'll okay. Yeah, I, I like what you say there because for for you and me, <clears throat> you were the teacher, and then I'm in the audience the encourager saying, yeah, what he said, let's try to do that together. Let's, let's grow together in that because, um, that way it's more, it's family. I don't have to be the dictator. Like I'm not the head of women's ministry. You're the head of women's ministry. 
you're the head of all the ministries. And that relieves me of a lot of pressure, to tell you the truth. And I lead side by side. Like Red Rover, Red Rover, you know, let so-and-so come over. But all of us, our pastor's wives and me, we're on the same line. And we're a united front. I'm not a dictator like, hey, listen to me. I'm, you're, you're not the first lady? That's exactly right. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not the first lady. And <clears throat> I think, no, I know. Our ladies, when we go different places, they stand out because people can tell that they're family, that we're family. I'm not their boss. Um, They're mainly kind of, some of them are kind of bossy to me. (laughs) Like, Mama Paula, I'm driving you over there. You are not driving this year. Well, let's come back on the other side of the break. Hey, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. If there's anything on your heart, um, please call 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. To the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, keep going. Okay. So, I was also telling the pastor's wives, the assistant pastor's wives, um, that, you know, to go to church, we just, we don't want to just go to church and say, ooh, there's the pastor's wives, you know, no, we, we, our pastor's wives here, we have to, we have to arrange for uh, special events so we can all be together, because when we come to church, we're spreading out, because it's about the people, we want them to, you know, I tell you, Find out their names. Um, ask them, you know, are they born again? Um, how can we help you? What's your gifts? Where do, you know, if you came from another church, where did you serve there? You know, because a lot of people come, and they come from churches where they can't serve for like six months, you know. We're not, and some never serve. And some Just... never serve, yeah. But we, all, I, we, we want to ask them, you know, this is family. You know, if you've been here two times, sometimes the announcers even say the refrigerator's down the hall, you know, help yourself kind of thing. Um, but we want you to, we want you to serve. This is, this is your, your new family now. And so just to go to one service isn't really enough. Um, we have three here, so. To yeah, and it's, it's not a legalism thing, like you got to, you got to, you got to. No. But it, it's, it's just a way to, to experience um, the Lord in a completely different and more powerful way. It's mm-hmm. not just spectating, it's participating. Yeah. And so, you know, w- one of the reasons I think that's really important that where we are right now, Calvary Chapel of San Antonio, is as we prepare to move into a, a bigger building, mm-hmm. um, those are the people that are going to keep things small. Yeah. You know, we get, we have 5,000 people, but but we still want to be small. Yeah. Want to know people? We want them yeah. to feel um, important mm-hmm. to us, and and as you indicated, we want them to feel a part of the family. Not just well, I come and I go, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people there, but but what we want is is for them to understand that they're invested in the work, and God has chosen them to be here, mm-hmm. and uh, we want them to experience the fullness of of um, the fellowship experience that God intends. Yeah, and. You know, with our ladies, there was 13 other ladies who who showed up, you know, to come to the conference, not just because of me, but, you know, the invitation went out, and 13 other ones, they came. I was like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know you were coming. Oh, my goodness, I didn't know you were coming. But it was really just the sweetest thing. And um, we sat together. There were those kind of opportunities where we get to sit together, but at our own personal retreats, we don't do that. 
we're sitting, we're all spread out trying to meet all the new people that come to our event. Um, and then uh, once a year, I have, you know, the church allows us, just the pastor's wives, to be able to get away for a retreat of our own so we can reconnect. Um, but yeah, but to go to church is about serving the other people and making them feel welcome. Uh, you know, I try to find, and they all do the same thing, try to find those who are sitting alone or they're new and we get their names and introduce them to other people in the church. And and, and I want I want the other pastor's wives and assistant pastor's wives in other churches to do the same because, you know, we, we hear this all the time. You know, we come to your church and everybody just loves loves so much, so much. I wish it was like that at other churches, even Calvary chapels. And that's a sad thing to hear. Um, and so, you know, not not that we're the only ones who do it right, but I think we're doing pretty pretty okay. Paula, um, I, I don't know how the workshop worked. It, was it just a, a, a message or was there Q&A time afterwards? What was the... No, I, I give a message and left enough time for them to ask questions. What kind questions. of questions did they ask? They didn't ask um, many questions at all. I don't know if they, it's just because they were young and new or, you know, um, yeah, they, I, let me, I'm trying to, cause if they asked a question, it was only one. And I think it was, um, well, what do you do when, uh, the people don't respect you? Basically, you just keep on serving. Did you tell them, tell them Luke 17? Yeah, I did do Luke 17. <laughs> I did do Luke 17 where, you know, you just serve like the Lord says. You just do your duty. And at the end of the day, you say, I've only done my duty. You know, if we that question is that they that we're owed something. And so we're not. And um, we we never do enough. You know, like after all I've done for you. This is thanks I get. You see, those are the kind of things, Paula, that reveal your heart in service. Yeah. You know, if you're serving to get respect from people, you don't get it. Yeah. You know, the idea is you do what you do. You do it because of what Jesus did for you. Mm-hmm. And you do all things as unto him. And then his job is to take your service and then work on the other people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you're waiting for somebody to say thank you or you're waiting for somebody to appreciate you or respect you, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that reveals the, 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 the darkness in our own hearts um, going forward. Yeah. And, and what we to do, we're to love the people that are difficult to love. <laughs> and, you know, the church, our church is filled with lost, hurting, broken needy, confused, fearful, angry, prideful people. Yeah. And, um, you know, it takes some time for them to get well. Yeah. And so we, we understand that going forward. Yeah. One of my pastor's wives, and she tells this story all the time, you know, she, she wasn't able to go this time because she had a grandson who's, um, you know, had surgery and stuff. And <laughs> she, she, when she first came here, she was going to be an usher. You know, so <laughs> her first time being an usher, she's got the little bulletins and good morning. Welcome to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio. Well, evidently, this one lady kind of gave her a different look, a difficult look like she had problems with her. And so she said, oh, you got a problem with me? <laughs> I'm here to bless you. <laughs> and you you give me an attitude. And so she just took her, her her first stack of bulletins and gave it back to the head usher and said, this is not for me. So she went to the cleaning ministry. <laughs> but, yeah, but she has since grown up, and now that particular— And now she's a pastor's wife. She's a pastor's <laughs> wife now. And the hard cases really do come to her, and she can so relate. She's so patient with them. She goes, I, I get you, baby, you know, kind of a thing. But, yeah, um, she was expecting, you know, that she was— being nice, and that person should be nice back. <laughs> you never know what people are going through. So, um, yeah, but that question, since in my answer and going to Luke 17, I didn't have any more questions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this one thing, and, and, and we think it'd be different. You go to pastor's conferences, and we get to speak at a, at a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, and, and the pastors, they're making it all about themselves. Yeah. And so what do you do when they don't do this? Or what happens when this happens? Mm-hmm. And, and, and basically you're just saying, look, you do your job. Mm-hmm. 
regardless of how anybody responds, you do your job. That's what a servant does. Yeah. And if you think because you're the pastor, you're not a servant, then you probably ought not to be a pastor. Yeah. And I just think that's a lesson that we all have to learn. Jesus said, if you find your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose it for him, you'll find it. And I say continually here at our church that I think that is the single most difficult thing Jesus ever said for us to understand. Mm-hmm. But but it's key. Pastors are servants. Yeah. Deacons, elders are servants. And uh, when we forget that, then we've sort of disqualified ourselves from doing yeah. what we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so cute because, you know, the, the ladies, when we go places, they're like, you know, let me get you some, let me get you your water. Do you want me to bring your food to you and stuff? I'm like, no, just because just we're at a different location. <laughs> I mean, we're going to change. No, I can get my own water. There's nothing wrong with my legs or my arms. And yeah, I can get my own food. I can throw my stuff in the trash by myself. I'm a grown up, you know, but it's, it's sweet. But, you know, quite a few people, maybe. You know, that's what they're supposed to do is go get the first lady all the stuff she needs. And I'm just, that's just not, that's not right. So anyway, um, so we had a really good time. And then my, my, you know, the whole theme was faithful. He's faithful. Um, and, and he has been and will continue to be. Um, Yanni, first one, she said he's Faithful. Let me see what. Let me go back here, so I can share with some intelligence. Um, okay, come on, Paula, turn the page, girl. He is faithful in our calling, and um, you know she and Ron are going through a battle now. You know him just finding out recently that he has cancer, <clears throat> and you still serve. You know. You still serve. It's not, oh, man, I have cancer, so I have to cut back and, you know, don't do this and don't do that. Yeah, let me say, Paul, and and this this will sound harsh and offensive to a lot of our listeners, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But, But our commitment to serve doesn't stop because something tragic is going on in our lives. Um, that that's the way Jesus sort of insulates us from from some of the pain. Um, you know, we we still give out what He's given to us, and too often we think if I'm going through something difficult or 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 um, I've got problems, then um, you know I, I just need to pull back from ministry. That's exactly the wrong thing to do. Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole church is watching, um, not just the church, the community we live in. The neighbors we have, uh, they're all watching how we respond to the difficult things. And it's not easy, um, but it's possible. The second one was um, he's faithful in our trials and hardships. And that pastor's wife was sharing how her husband of 31 years died of cancer. And she had to watch that. And she was praying, please, Lord, you can heal him. You can heal him. You can heal him. Please heal him. Please heal him. Please heal him. Um, I don't want to lose him. And then, you know, after he died, she's like, Lord, you still have the power to raise him from the dead. You've done that before. You can do it again. And, you know, and of course the Lord took him home. Um, He wanted to be with with him. And um, she was just saying how hard it was. But the, he died on a Sunday, and she went to church the next Sunday. It, she said it was very, very difficult, and yet she knew that the church needed to see her, be that she was going to be okay. And people were saying, we're so sorry for your loss and, you know, all that stuff. And she said, please just pray for me, you know. It's okay. I know where he is, and I'll see him one day soon. But she, I mean, just... A hero, basically, because like you're saying, people would let me just be away for about a month and let, let me recover and recoup. But it wasn't about her; it was about the people who needed to see that she was okay. You know, when our when our whole lives are committed to uh, to serving the Lord, um, because something bad happens, if, if we take a step back, we demonstrate that our service was conditional. And, and, you know, I mean, there would be no question if, God forbid, something should happen to you. Um, I'd be here on Sunday at 8, 
30, 10, 15, 11, 59? Yeah. I just wouldn't be the one driving you up here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, and, and it's not that I wouldn't be in pain. I wouldn't be grieving. Of course, all those things are true. But the work still goes on. Yeah. I did a message recently about the work. It's the work. It's mm-hmm. the work. It's mm-hmm. the work. That's why Jesus left us here. And uh, we need to remember that whether we're going through something really difficult or whether we're going through some wonderful time. It's mm-hmm. still about the work. When we make it about us, when we make it about how we feel, then we've sort of lost our place in the work that God has called us to do. And, and he'll be faithful to go get us. He's faithful when we're faithless. Mm-hmm. But um, we can't pull back because we're not being treated the way we expected to be treated or things aren't as fun or as exciting as we thought it might be mm-hmm. or, well, right now I'm grieving over something or right now I'm going through a really difficult time. None of that matters. you got to get back and serve because as you're giving out to others, the Spirit of God flowing through you, it's not you. I understand when you're going through something really difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Spirit of God flowing through you where you're giving out to others um, you're you're certainly not focused on all the things that are wrong or all the pain in your life or in your heart. Mm-hmm. And and that's the way God intends it. Yeah. We're intended to, to do the work. Yeah. And people think, Well well, I need some time. Well that's when the enemy is gonna pound. He's gonna pound all the more. And he is without a shred of mercy. Yeah. He's not going to lighten up because you're going through a difficult time. That's when he's really going to pour it on. Mm-hmm. And the only way to, to, to negate that is to be with Jesus. And Jesus is always about the work. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was a, it was just a really, really cool time because it, it, the, the teachings, and when you're in the Word, you know, uh, the conviction comes and, and your faith gets tested. And that was said over and over again, over and over again. Even when you decide to, you know, you resolve, is my, my word. When you resolve to do something, the enemy is going to be right there, and you, we're going to be tested. Um, and, and sometimes he has more resolve than we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is never gives up, does he? The next one was he is faithful in prayer, and they had, like, uh, pray for the church, pray for your marriage, pray for your wayward kids, pray for physical, it, it, whatever's going on. So we as pastor's wives, we know that God um, hears our prayers, and he'll answer and that he's good, sometimes the answers, yes, no, maybe, all of them can be good results, but a lot of them are bad results as far as we can see them. You know, like her husband died, and she kept saying, and I don't, you know, I don't want to scare Yanni because Ron has cancer. Lord, I pray that she doesn't have to go through what I went through. Nobody should have to, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but we know God hears our prayers, and he's going to do what's best. She has a different ministry. She's still a pastor's wife because she married another guy. She's, and she had prayed, Lord, I don't want to be married again. I, I really Especially don't. to a pastor. And she said, she said that exact thing. She says, but if you want me to be married again, Lord, please, not a pastor. <laughs> and this guy has the same first initial of her last husband so she said she didn't go to the pastor's wives conference for like three years but when she did go her name had changed and she she tripped over her old name and her new name for a while but she said no but my life is wonderful god has god has a plan and um she they used to say to each other um good morning plan b and and he would say i love you plan b because they never fell out of love with their first spouses. They, his wife had already died. And the two husbands knew each other. And he knew that, that one who um, died knew he was sick. And he'd said, my wife would probably be a good addition to your ministry <laughs> when I'm gone. And so he already had eyes, you know, set up, yeah, for her. So... She's like, oh, my goodness, I don't want to be married to a pastor. And here she is. But it's been wonderful. They still miss the other ones. But one day, both of them heard pretty much at the same time, there is no plan B with God. There's only plan A. I was like, oh, wow. That's what I'm talking about, conviction and Mm -hmm. direction and a focus upward. 
God knows what he's doing at all times. So anyway. Okay, Paul, we got a phone call. Why oh, don't we good, take a good, phone good. call? We have Greg on line one from Boverdi. Greg, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, guys. Hey, uh, Paul, I just want to thank you again for not giving up on Pastor Ron back in the tough years. And you guys have such a testimony. It's uh, very inspiring, you know, to say the least. Uh, but Paul, Paul, I want to ask you, uh, back when, when you were saved and mm-hmm. before Ron was saved, and did, did did the Holy Spirit speak to you and tell you, no, don't quit, uh, I have plans here, you know, when it looked like nothing was going on, you know, how did you stay encouraged? Did, did the Lord give you, you know, a little push and a little hug along the way and tell you, I got this, I got this, you know, can you kind of give me an idea of, of how that came about? Okay. Okay, Greg, you cannot see this, what I'm getting ready to tell you, but when I'm at home during the week, I listen to the show, of course, and I write down all the questions. And so I'm going to show this to Pastor Ron, even though he can't see that well, but he'll be able to see what I'm saying, and then the producer's in the room with me. Okay, so all of these questions this week, and I'm not discounting anybody else's question, but I have yours circled and an asterisk by it because you said the voice that you heard recently is the same voice of 37 years ago. Funny that you should call today and ask me this question. And so, yes, the voice I heard when Ron first came to my front door was, this is the one for life. Now, Paul was not saved when she heard I was saved. not saved at all. I was way not saved. Um, but I heard this voice say, this is the one for life. And throughout my life, um, I kept hearing this voice say, I love you, I always have, always will. So when Ron was, Ron the Jerk, all capital letters, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, I definitely heard the Lord say, I hate divorce. And I want you to take that word out of your vocabulary and that I love Ron. Man, did we have a little bit of an argument right there. What do you mean you love Ron? He's being a jerk too <laughs> precious, you know. Um, but, yeah, and I heard the voice pretty much every day for 13 years say this, give me one more day. Give me one more day. And I would say, you said that yesterday. He said, no, I'll probably say it again tomorrow because <laughs> I love Ron. But that was, I, I found out that that was that voice long ago and when you said that I was like I gotta tell Greg that's the same voice I heard Um, yeah so yes every day he would say I love Ron hang in there but he knew that one day Ron was going to be saved he also knew that Ron's testimony would be part that Paula is my hero so I don't know if that answers your question or not but I'm really kind of excited that you called today (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually working on a book um, called Paul is Jesus. Yeah. And and uh, it was her example, uh, her refusal to let me steal her joy that convinced me that her Jesus was real. And we finally got there. Paula, it's very painful for you. It's very painful. and It's, it, it's painful for you. It's embarrassing for me. Um, but, but maybe one of these days we can do a show out of your old journals because you were journaling a lot during that time. Um, you know, God, you can do all things, but you can't do this. Um, um, you, you're strong, but Ron is stronger. I mean, you had lots of times when you got discouraged and were ready to give up. Yeah, yeah. There was one time <clears throat> where the Lord kind of said, "This is the year He's going to get saved," and I did not want to believe that at all, Greg, because you know, I didn't want to be let down again. Um, and so, I, but I, but I believed, you know. Help me with my unbelief. (laughs) (laughs) And I told our kids, um, you know, the Lord told me that this year is going to be the year that your dad gets saved. Like, oh, wow. Okay. I kind of heard, right? Because I think I told him that in like October. And then Ron didn't get saved till the following February. So they're looking at me like, but but I heard that voice say, "Um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I, I think it was about December when I said, you're good, but you're not that good because the year was almost over. <laughs> and I think the Lord just was kind of testing me to see if 
give me one more day, give me one more day, give me one more day. Um, and so it was February. So. Yeah, and, and Paul, I think that's so important for everybody who's listening. You know, uh, that's that's how God deals with us. Give me one more day. He doesn't uh, doesn't show us previews of coming attractions. Uh, he doesn't make us rash promises. He just says to to you. He's not talking about the person you're you're cause, that's causing the pain. He says to you, um, today we made it. How about give me one more day tomorrow? Yeah. And over and over and over, and those days end up to that one day where everything changes. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, for you it was 13 years, but the work that God did in you in those 13 years had to be done. Had to be before done. Before he could do anything in me. Absolutely. You know, people, <clears throat> excuse me, who, people who are single and they want to be married, the Lord is preparing you for that spouse while he's preparing that spouse for you. Well, we were married, but the Lord had to prepare me to be a, a pastor's wife, Christian woman who is going to be a pastor's wife soon all the while he's preparing you because when you got saved you passed me up big time it was like i was a kindergarten christian (laughs) hey thank you for tuning in i you've been listening to the date day edition of the word to stand up for life i'm pastor ron arbaugh from calvary chapel in san antonio texas and lord willing i'll be back tomorrow at four o'clock on am 630 the word we'll see you then bye-bye thanks for spending this time with calvary chapels the word to stand on for life with pastor ron arbaugh the word to stand on for life is on every weekday afternoon at four And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.